This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, my loves. Hey, my loves. Hey, my loves. Welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Sydney. And we get ready to talk about it. It just seems like we're real close, don't it, Daddy? Baby. Okay. Okay. So, welcome. Welcome to the show. And... I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about all of them. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. And sometimes the inspiration for the conversations can come in many different ways. Okay? And the inspiration for this show came from a phone call that we received. Um, Was it Sunday afternoon? Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. We were laying in the bed and the phone rings. Ring, ring, and Daddy, you picked it up and said hello. That's how you're going to dump oh, it off? Come on, oh, baby, cause, now. Because just for the <clears throat> sake of argument, the phone didn't go ring, ring. Okay, baby, one boo Okay. Okay, damn, I'm, I'm okay. All right, then. All right, you want to keep it real. boo There it is. You going to answer it? I'm calling. Oh, hello? No, let me ring it again. Okay. okay since we want to be... boo Hello. Now... It was our brother, Mr. Roosevelt. And Mr. Roosevelt is a legend in the industry as it pertains to makeup. Yes. I'm sure other things, but definitively makeup. And Monique had just gotten off the road. Team just went home, had a great time in Alabama. Birmingham. Alabama. To be specific. Mm. And Brother Mr. Roosevelt called me up to say, I want to thank you. And I'm like, you want to thank me for what? He said, I want to thank you. He said, for the way in which you treat Monique. He said, I'm an old man and I've been around the business a long time. And I want to thank you, black man, because when the boss is happy, everybody's happy. And... I've been around people that when they're not happy, it definitively showed. So I want to thank you for letting our jobs be easier just based upon the way in which you treat your wife. And I said to him, hey, brother, I greatly appreciate it because, you know, this is the stuff that we don't hear about in our community. All you just hear about is niggas shooting each other up. Bam, bam, he did. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. He got choked out over loose cigarettes. He ain't got shot. But you don't hear about uh, another brother calling an individual up just to say, hello, um, I want to give you a shout-out for what you're doing as it pertains to your wife. And when it's a gentleman, not to call out his age, but... In our community, I don't give a fuck. When you're 49 years old and you black, you fit. You should get a, a certificate of authenticity because your ass has made it. Come on. You know, beyond your 20s. But this gentleman is in his 60s. And for him to communicate what he did and took his time to do it, um, after seeing all that he's seen, again, he's a, a, a legend in the game of uh, makeup. And in the entertainment industry. And um, for him to say that, I, I greatly appreciate it. And what he emphasized, which is our topic, he said, you know, when we've come over there and just the way things are, it's obvious that you don't have just a house, but you guys have a home. And 
he was expressing the difference between anybody can have a house. You can go buy a house, you can rent an apartment, call it your house and where you live, but the love that you you two have, that makes what you're doing a home. And, again, I thanked him, and I said, you know what, brother? I said, I think we know what our topic is for this Thursday coming, and or rather Monday. We're going to pretend like I ain't say that. Okay. For Monday, and um, this is why we're speaking about it. Okay, so the the call was a pleasant surprise. Um, just laying there, and, and it came from out of nowhere. But I – this – the weekend was so amazing that though the call was a pleasant surprise, I wasn't surprised at all because we were in Birmingham, Alabama, and we were doing this. Um, we were there for a comedy show. But while we were there, we went and talked to some babies at a high school, A.H. Parker. And then when we left the, um, when we left the high school... And we got finished doing press. I said on press, on the air, I want to go get some fried fish. But I don't want to go to no fufu restaurant. I don't want to go to no chain. I want to go to some in the hood, hole in the wall, might be a couple roaches. That's where I want to get this fried fish from. So we drove. Someone sent me the address on Twitter. We found this place. It's called Fish and wings. Ain't no goddamn fancy name. It wasn't called the cheesecake. It wasn't called KFC. This shit was fish and wings. And when you walked in, that's what you got. So when we pull up, two brothers come outside and say, we close. We close. Because mm-hmm. the, the, what wasn't working? The motor and the fan was not working. I jumped out the truck. <laughs> he said, we close. I said, no, nigga. No, y'all not. <laughs> no, nigga. Not today. He looked at me and said, Monique, I said, yo. He said, shit, we got this. Right. They went back in that place, fish and wings, and they fried up, I think was probably some of the best fish and chicken wings that I had ever seen before in my life. Now, these were brothers that looked like life could have been a little different. Life could have been a little hard journey, but baby, they got it together, and they were so full of love. And when we walk into this place, we walk back into the 50s, Daddy. Mm -hmm. There was a picture of Martin Luther King on the wall, nigga. Okay? Mm -hmm. There was another picture of another nigga. I wasn't sure who he was. Was he uh, 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 Elijah? I don't know. It might... But it was a bad drawing. Like, I think they was trying to catch him, but they ain't get him all the way right. right. It was a picture of a cotton field. Come on. It was a oh, picture yeah. of a cotton field. Then they had some homemade lemonade. I'm talking about these niggas squoze the lemons they self. Homemade. Come on. So it was so much love happening mm-hmm. from the time the plane landed to the time we got back on it. Mm-hmm. And... Leaving out of that place, because when we got to that place, then this old man pulls up. His name was Benny. I start calling him Uncle Benny. He was 82 years old. He jumped out his truck. Monique, I said, sir. He say, let's do the Marvin Gaye and get it on. Now, I know that's old, old player shit, right? So I say, Uncle Benny, behave. What? But the neighborhood came out. Mm-hmm. Like the neighborhood came out and Rosie round the, Roosevelt Cartwright is around the side of the building trying to get them to show him where the motor is so he can fix the goddamn motor. Okay? That's how you do. Me and Tone outside get ready to race up the street because he's trying to show John where the three-point stand is. You got the church members pulling up because the pastor out there trying to get a piece of my fish, nigga. Mm-mm, they closed. Right. It was so much happening. It looked like the cover of the war album. Come on. From back in the day. Come on. Okay. Then we go to the club, Daddy, and it is, these are, I love the South because they down home real folk. And Roosevelt becomes the manager of the club. Mm-hmm. So this nigga... Okay, he done walked around making sure all the tables and chairs is right, the air right, the music right, the lights. But when they come back into the dressing room, we go back into that period of my rainy, Bessie Smith. It was, we couldn't explain what was happening, but everybody was just in love with the moment. 
So when we got home, everybody was still so pumped up. Now, our security, listen, he does smile and laugh. But only when he's with the team. This right. nigga don't, when you see him out, he ain't going to give you that. It was so much of an amazing time. He called Robin up and said, God damn it, Robin. <laughs> this weekend, shit, I can't explain it, but it was amazing. Right. So when Rosie called with that call to say thank you for treating your wife right, I'm grateful for that. But you could tell everybody's walking right. Because everybody was able to experience and enjoy what was happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I'm grateful that he said, just, you know, me. But I, I think if I was even fucked up, everybody would be like, listen, she fucked up right now, but we're going to enjoy this moment right here. So, you know, I, I think that when we are on that road, we're home. You know what I'm saying? It's your house or home. Wherever we are, we make it home. Whatever hotel we're in, that becomes our home. And there are so many people that, unfortunately, they can live in a gigantic house, but they still can't call it home. That's real. That's real. And that's what we're talking about. And let me ask you a question. Did you grow up in a home or did you grow up in a house? I grew up in a house. And I got a chance to visit my grandmother who made it a home. And... By that, it's one of those things where, again, uh, what Mr. Roosevelt was speaking about was how when you go home, that's almost your place where if you're lucky, as opposed to just your house, your house is just the place where you go, you drop off your stuff, you shave, you shower, and you get up out, and then you go out and you run the streets, you go to work or whatever. That's just your jump-off point versus your home is where you go to recuperate, to be ready for the next day. Hopefully it's one of those things where it's a lot of love in that place, whether you're by yourself or not. And you can tell because, again, if you're single, it's just a place to drop off and whatever, but you don't you don't enjoy your space. And to be able to get a chance, and it, there's nothing wrong if you live in a home because you might be at that point in your life where this is what it is. But if you're... Uh, seeking a level, a level of common, you want a home and you don't know how to acquire it. Sometimes it's about investing in yourself and the people around you, realizing that this is only a brief moment that we have here. And there's a lot of reasons why you can be upset, you can be pissed off in the whole nine, but you say to yourself, why do that? Especially when you're with your significant other. If you plan on building a life together, how do you do anything else but try to make it pleasurable. Try to uh, be reckless with your words when it comes to compliments. Be haphazard in the way in which you express your love as opposed to not being haphazard in the way you express your aggression or being frustrated. So purposely and without purpose, being able to Express yourself in a kind manner and it reverberates around your home to the place and to the point where it extends beyond so that when you are on the road, no matter where you are, these houses, these places on the road become like a home because the group is an extension of the family. So if you're fortunate enough to to have that and just have one person that you consider your friend, you can have a home, even if that one person is you. You know, I, I when I had to think about it, this morning I was thinking about it, and I said, wow, did I grow up in a house or home? Like, what space did I really grow up in? And the real answer is, I grew up in a house. And I think this is the first time that I've lived in a home. I think this is the first time I've experienced a home. Though I've had houses and have lived in houses with different people, to start off with the family I was born into. But when I think about those moments, and, 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 I, and I have to say, because I don't want people to think, and I don't want to make myself believe that this, my childhood was this horrible place and it was a dungeon, because it wasn't that. 
But when I see hindsight and I see the type of home environment we're trying to give to our children, Mm -hmm. it makes me say, I grew up in a house because I remember it being a lot of tense situations, Mm -hmm. not spoken of, just tense shit, even though nobody had the conversation. But I remember as a kid, you could tell that there was something in the air. You couldn't put your finger on it, but it was... And it was like that most of the time. So, and I don't even think that my parents considered that. Right. I don't even think that I considered that with my first group of children and my first husbands. My, my first and my second husband. Bitch, don't laugh. Don't do that. Okay, because that sounds like a judgment giggle. You know what I'm saying? No, it was just funny. Uh, you said my first husbands. Right. Okay. Right. It was, it was, I'm never judging. It was two of them. Okay. Okay. Group of children. Right. Group of children. Like she's a group of children. A group of children. Like she's a Dalmatian and then had like six letters. Letters. Right. A group of children. Okay. Cool. What's the better word for it? Nothing. Baby, what you said. Thank was you, baby. The group said me. That's all. Right. No judgment. Thank you, sugar. But I think I took that to my homes. I took that mentality and that that um, quiet resentment, that that quiet, I'm pissed off, but I'm not going to say anything, that I took that with me. So I don't know that I've ever created a home for my other families, mm-hmm. my prior families. Right. Robin, I'm not fucking with you oh, right I now. Okay, come on, say it then. Well, what I want to say is that... Did she um, grab the mic like she's about to bust out the song? Okay. That you are home to me. And I think that that's what makes it easy for us on the road because you're home. Like, the comfort that we feel, even, even in disagreements, I still feel comfortable, like home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's more for me like a state of mind so wherever I am I'm home in my office it's home you see how I look like I have comforts but I have things mm-hmm. that bring me comfort in there when I come into your home I'm at home like there I'm at home with Tommy I'm at home with Veronica I'm at home with Sydney I'm at home with the boys it's it's a complete state of mind it's a comfortable state of mind that I feel when I am in your company now there are some people who I'm not at home with that, that I can do without but it's 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 a state of mind that I think that um, I've developed to be comfortable. So I'm at home with you. I'm at home with your family, and we could be in the vehicle going to wherever. But the comfort that is there to be able to let go and be myself, as difficult as it may have been for me with my own barriers, the door is still open for me to just be. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it, it it is a great comfort of home, no matter where we are. When we're in the hotel, cooking dinner, breakfast, lunch, or anything for everybody, it's still it's still a comfortable state of mind that I'm in in your company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I think, too, that that makes a big difference, though. The people that you're around, when you, to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Even when, and I think, I think one of the biggest holes we have on ourselves is that we're a family. I think that's one of the biggest holes that we have on ourselves because we think that when you say that word, we're supposed to act and respond a certain way. Oh, my God, that's your mother. Oh, my God, that's your sister. And I know for me, I had to come to a place of that's the family I was born into, which means I didn't have a say, but the family I create That's what I have a say over. And you get to a place of, for me, I get tired of holding my family, as you would say when we hold our family hostages, I get tired of holding them hostage for yesterday's ways. And and knowing that, I didn't like that feeling as a child, knowing that what the fuck is wrong, something wrong, but I don't know what's wrong. And I don't want to make the same, do the same circle and put that on my children where they're looking at me like, Mommy, we know something happening, but what's going on? Or where I don't want them to feel like when this bitch come home, the air get tight. Right. Do it. 
Daddy, now I'm dead. I'm looking at people through the podcast. Like, are you paranoid or what? <laughs> like, do I? Do you? Oh, well, Daddy, shit. Okay. What, the, what does that mean? Do you? When that menopause kick in, I probably do. Okay. But, but no, really, you know, there was a sister in here that said, um, do you remember me? I was, I'm the sister that when you walked out on stage, I was crying. And it's like, yeah, I do remember her. And I remember saying, let go. Like, just let go. Let go and free yourself from that shit. And I also tell them when I'm on that stage, please know my ears are listening too. Because they be thinking I'm judging. I'm like, bitch, I ain't judging. I just recognize it. Okay, that's all I'm trying to tell you. Okay? <laughs> so we're talking about it today. Do you live in a house or do you live in a home? And I've seen people live in huts. I'm talking about I've seen what we would call the worst kind of poverty you can imagine. But I've seen them come out of that goddamn hut, baby, with a spirit about them that they coming out of a 20-bedroom mansion. And I've seen people in 20-bedroom mansions that come out. And you think they would be in the hut. So I've seen it both ways. When you say, is your house a home or is your house just a house? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And you realize that coming out of a 20-room mansion or coming out of a hut is not really relevant. What is relevant is what's coming out of you. So when you focus on what's coming out and what's going in and where you want to be, with your attitude, where you want to be with your emotions, because our brains are the most fabulous travel guides that we could ever have. They, they, they're better than United Airlines. They're better than because they can take us anywhere we want to go, and they can take us there instantaneously. You want to be in a place of peace, you can be in a place of peace. If you want to be in a place of disruption, you can be in a place of disruption. David, our son, came to me recently with Jonathan and they the twins they were at odds as per usual they were competing for their mama's egg now they are competing just in life just because that's what they do and Michael the oldest one he kind of sits back and watches them and the other day uh, again they like to tease each other and uh, this particular day David, I guess, decided he wanted to pop Jonathan because he was, you know, teasing him. And, you know, he likes to go off when he gets mad. And he says, you know, I, I said, what's the, what's the problem, David? Why, why does this happen? He said, you know what, Dad? Okay, I, 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 I'll tell you. It's just I just have a tough time controlling my anger. And when he, when he makes me mad, I just, I just want to I just pop him. And I just can't control it. And I said, now. I completely understand what you're saying because when I was a child, I'm not going to act like you didn't get some of daddy's DNA and his grandma Polly, which is my mom, used to always tell me, you got to learn how to be cool. I know they called you niggas at school. They called they call us that sometimes. But you punching them in the face is not going to do anything but you get you suspended and you being upset when they come because all they're going to see you being is upset. So... Again, she's responsible for uh, the level of calm that I have. So I have to be empathetic when my son shares his honest feelings and says, I just can't control it. I said, however, to prove that you can control it, when the guys that can't gave you a hard way to go, you seem to maintain your poise and you didn't sock anybody in the eye. How come? He said, well, because, I mean, they're at camp. I mean, you know, you're not supposed to mistreat anybody that, you know, you meet outside. So let me get this right. You're not supposed to meet, mistreat anybody at camp. That's supposed to be what you said. That's your friend. Yeah, that's my friend. You're not supposed to mistreat your friend. Okay. Now, that's your friend. But really, he ain't your friend because a friend is somebody that you go through some tough times with. And I don't know what tough times y'all were. Through except for he had a, a cupcake and you really would have liked to have some of it and y'all, you know, how you gonna divvy it up? But tough times, no. But you supposed to mistreat your brother. You gonna treat the guy can't with respect, but you gonna slap your brother in the mouth. Let me make sure oh, you you gonna slap him hard. 
That 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 makes sense. And he was like, you know, um, I didn't really think about it like that. I'm like, well, you know, th- this is what I'm here for because, you know, I, we don't expect you to be perfect. We kind of look at you like analog radios. We got to kind of dial you in sometime. And at least you're nice enough to tell me what it is that you could control yourself because I wanted to let you know you could control yourself. Because as I'm talking to you right now, you're sitting here calmly listening what it is that I'm saying. There are some kids that would not be. And sometimes parents end up slapping them in the mouth. And then, you know, I know what it is when I was a kid to be looking up at your your father from underneath furniture because that's where you landed after he slapped you, okay? But we don't have to do that because you're able to what? Control yourself. So I'm just letting you know that all you're doing is underestimating your talents and your abilities when you say what you can't do because you're proving right now what you can do. So while we're proving things, what I want to prove to y'all is I'm for real too, <laughs> I want to prove to you I'm for real So that to let you know If y'all keep on having a problem with one another I'm going to show you That I can't control myself either Then what y'all want to do And everybody busts out laughing But the reality is Look at tough Tanya right here Like yes baby I don't fuck around <laughs> but, right. but, but the reality is You know These conversations Are part of making your house a home mm-hmm. because, you know, growing up, there was a level of empathy that I, 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 throughout my life, the collection of people of color that I've talked to, there was a level of empathy we seemed not to have received. If we didn't do what it was what we, what we were supposed to do, the next question would be, why? And then after that, and when we shrug our shoulders and say, I don't know, then the next question is, I'll tell you what. <laughs> i tell you what. And you knew after I told you what, you better get it together. Or i tell you what, you won't be around to get it together. And it's from all the things sometimes that we receive and from what we didn't receive that gives us all the answers to what we need to make our homes the very place that we may or may not have had when we were younger. So we have no excuses why we shouldn't be able to be cool with inside of ourselves to make the home right so that when we walk outside, when you hear the relationships that are on the road, and again, a man taking his time out of his day, because he could have been anywhere enjoying a grandma and yay or something, but he going to take the time out because Mr. Roosevelt liked that grandma and yay. So it could have been anywhere enjoying a grandma, yeah, but he took the time out to call just to say what what it was, and I, I greatly appreciated that. Now, you know what, Daddy? You just said something that I never considered. Okay. So you said the inside of you was your home. What are you going to do when you go outside? Mm-hmm. I never fucking considered that. That the inside is home. Mm -hmm. And what the inside feels like, sisters and brothers, that's home. When you open up your door, you determine what that's going to be. That's why I tell you, I take something away every time, baby. I take it away every time. See, this... So that y'all know, this show is really just for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it ain't got shit to do with nobody else. Monique is trying to be better. God damn it. But really, the, the sister that was at the show, and when you say home is in the inside, mm-hmm. when I first walked out on stage, like there were tears coming down her eyes. And I and I think I think it was just so much love in that room. And it was it was vibrating, mm-hmm. you know, and Tony just walked off the stage and he just put a hole in it. So mm-hmm. I, it was just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So when I walk out to it, I never hide that emotion. If it happens, it happens. She crying. I'm full. Everybody's full. But it went past that. Like she couldn't get it almost the whole show. It was like and we had got on the subject of religion and we were talk. They were talking about, you know, she's a church person, and they told us to God, God, God. I said, if you want to see God, turn around and look at your husband. If they say we were made in his image, turn around and look at your man. 
She did a half look over her shoulder, look back at me like, bitch, that's not him. I can promise you. Uh-oh. That ain't that ain't his ass. And I said to her out loud, bitch, that ain't him. And she had a look on her face like, that's why I'm crying, bitch. That's why I am sitting here looking at you right now. But I think that a lot of our homes are cluttered. That's in the inside. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of us, Daddy, don't know how to clean up that clutter. Because when you do say to me, Mama, whoever had the conversations with you, there's one person, and his name is Sidney Hicks. So now I've gone through all of these years of a cluttered home, and I get to my mid-30s, and now someone is saying, I need you to clean up your home. When you say the mid-30s, that's when we first got together, right? Yeah. Okay, to now. Okay, because right, I was like, how old the fuck is we? Because I, I'm about to turn 50 next year. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. I was like, did your ass just get younger or something? Okay. No, baby. I'm saying, so, you know, you go all of that time with your foundation in the inside of you that's cluttered. Mm-hmm. And now you get to, it's almost like when we talked about, they said 400 years of slavery, we've only been free for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Well, we still have that DNA of 400 years of slavery. Mm -hmm. So to have the DNA of 30-something years of clutter, Mm -hmm. and then you try to figure out how do I clean this clutter out. And then I'm thinking about my sisters and my brothers who are still dealing, who's not yet had the conversation with somebody to say, clean your goddamn home up. Mm -hmm. And I know people with zero dollars, and I know people with enough money, baby, that they can take care of a fucking country. But I know the inside of their homes are cluttered. They're cluttered. And there was a time I fell into that. When I come outside of it, I can dress the shit up. I can dress it up to make it look any kind of way I want to. But I remember you saying for me, Monique, the person you can't run from is you. Everywhere you go, you're going to show up. And most times we don't have those conversations because we put it off on everybody else. Mm -hmm. And in putting it off on everybody else, it allows me to keep my home inside cluttered. So once you make, once you brought it to my attention, go inside and see what's going on. And then when you just said it right now, your home is inside. And if that home is fucked up, I don't care what kind of structure you walk into, your structure ain't right. And your foundation ain't right. And people always saying, well, how does she fall? How did he fall? Because that foundation was built on fucking sand. And it was it kept sinking in. It kept sinking in. It kept sinking in. And when you told that young lady that her God was her man next to her, it's like I think that's where the, em- sorry, the empowerment comes in for individuals that you got to utilize the God that's inside of you first, which is your own energy. Come on. And that's going to allow you to determine because it's like when you tell me what I've done for you, the reality is I'm sharing it with you, and I appreciate that. But I'm only sharing with you what you choose to do for yourself. That's completely up to you. You getting it is something that you extracted from the situation. It's kind of like when you see people saying about how they changed other people's lives. Humbly, humbly, when they really consider it, they've been in a position to share things with people that if they take the information, it can potentially change their lives. But it is not someone from the outside that's going to necessarily change your life. It's you that's going to change your life. It's kind of like I can help get you a job, but it's going to be you that... Make sure you keep that job. I can lead you to the water, but I can't pull this down like birth of a nation where he knocked out his teeth and put a funnel down his neck and made him eat. That ain't what I do. So there's a level of appreciation that you have to have for yourself because you decided, though I've had the conversation with you about loving you for a lifetime and you need to work on you so you can be around. I gave you the words, but you're the one who executed the action to make it happen. So that part of the empowerment, that's that's you relying on the God and you, not you waiting on the Lord, not you waiting on something to come and save you. You are here to save yourself. You are here to make your life better. And if you're lucky, your presence can help in making other people's lives better. But 
it's okay to give yourself the credit that you deserve, though outwardly we should take, if we're lucky and, and healthy in the way in which we think, we take uh, compliments like we take blame and we spread it around and we take the blame like we take compliments normally and we keep it to ourselves so that we never get too big for our own britches because we realize if we were that great, why would we have an expiration date? It's time to move on. We can't just control things with our minds, but at the same time we can. We can control ourselves. And when we talk about those control issues before, like on past shows, the greatest individual that we need to learn how to control is ourselves. And once we control ourselves, we're really controlling the situation. You know, someone said, I'm homeless inside of my home. Mm-hmm. And I'm take. does that almost mean I'm empty? Like, what does that mean when you say I'm homeless inside of my home? Like, inside of my space? Like, what does that mean? We'll have to have them elaborate a little bit more. I mean, it sounds like what you said may be it. Like, there's a level of emptiness. You go home, you've gotten off from work, and you don't have anywhere to go. You don't have anybody to talk to. You don't have anything in particular to do. But you look out your window and you see people driving by, walking by, as if they have somewhere to go. Like someone put a community memo up for where people were supposed to be, but you just didn't get the memo. you just at home. What do you do? There's a level of emptiness. There's a level of uh, fulfillment that is not being uh, acquired, apparently, when you feel homeless in your own home. Because I think everybody wants to have something uh, to do, A, 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 a place to be, individuals that depend on them, though it seems like why you want somebody to depend on you and somebody that you can depend on as well. Because when you start seeing other people having it, it's part of the reason why, you know, there's a lot of individuals that want to get married right now because they see everybody else is married right now. Mm -hmm. But what they might not be seeing is how difficult it is to to maintain a marriage. And that if you're going to uh, uh, have a relationship it's kind of like a puppy. It's more work than you think. <laughs> the shit is cute, but it's a lot of work yeah. to maintain that puppy because that puppy going to grow up and start being a dog. Mm. Do you live in a house or do you live in a home? We're talking about it today. And, you know, we think that these are the conversations that are normally not had. We, what do we call it? The taboo uh-huh. conversation. Talking that taboo. Talk. I like that, Daddy, talking that taboo. So I can say for the first time in my third marriage, it's the first time I've lived in a home. Because when you think about that, you're like, well, what's the difference? And, you know, I I remember buying my first house. You couldn't tell me shit, baby. When When I was able to buy my first house, and it got to a point that I hated going there. When they would say, what they say, the plane, when they say you landing, when they say you are descending, I would get butterflies in my stomach because I hated getting, and I, I was the last to leave the parties. I was the first to get to them anywhere I could be other than home because I just hated being home. And it's funny because I remember this guy said to me one time, named Eric, and there was a time he used to, we used to hang out. Mm-hmm. When he come in town, baby, we would hit it. And I was married, children, everything. We 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 gonna go party. We gonna go get it in. Well, when Sid and I got together, he would still come into town. He was like my cousin. But when he would come into town, I would now give him the keys. He'd be like, "Oh, we ain't hanging, baby. I'm good right here. I'm 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 home. I'm comfortable. I don't need that anymore." And I remember it got to a place where he said. He ch- <laughs> he changed you. He he controlling you, nigga. Cause I don't want to go out and party. Well, then you know what? I'm gonna give him that. I'm I'm being controlled and I'm changed. But you don't even realize it till you realize it. Mm-hmm. Because there was a time, baby, I was a party girl. 
now it's like, listen, what time? What time we? It's time to go home. I want to be home. I want to be in that comfortable space. I want to be where now I understand when people say home is your castle. I get it now. For so long, I didn't get it. So for those of you that are listening, if your home is not your castle, if your home is not that place where you can go and say, you know what, when all else fails, I can go home. If that ain't it, rethink what home is. Rethink what it is. If that's what you're interested in having. <laughs> Again, come on. depending upon where you are in your life, you know, when you 19, 20, 21, that shit. Right, right, right. right. Pew, I'm gone. Look, I ain't tripping. But when you perhaps get a little bit older, then you start feeling like that. But in addition, who you hang with, who you deal with, who you interact with will help you to even appreciate your home even more. Mm. Because if you're connecting with individuals, that that's not what they're looking for in a home. And you're having a conversation with them in reference to your relationship. Well, it's hard sometimes for that individual to empathize and be able to say and give you the importance of why you should work things out and have conversations because that's not what they're interested in having. But when you are around people that know what it is to have a family, they can point out to you real clearly when you want to complain about some shit why there's no reason for you to complain at all. Look what you have. Mm. When you think you have nothing, the fact that you have your a wife, you have your children that are looking to you to support and or your husband and your children and your family and friends that care about you, you understand that money's kind of like extras. It's extras. It's it's that extra thing because, you know, it's a bitch if you don't have it and you're trying to feed your family. You need some of that. So I don't want to discount it, but at the same time, there's a level of overemphasis on it because money is not indicative of you being happy, you know, whereby love and caring and kindness of people around you who are interested in reciprocating kindness and not just looking to siphon it off and run somewhere with it. And then when they're in need of it again, they come back and see you. They they are... Uh, uh, you know, this group of uh, this motley crew, if you will, that we deal with that we call family, you know, it's kind of like a, pa- a, a, a pirate ship, like with, you know, you got all these different looking puppies that are on there. You got the Dalmatian, you got a pit bull, John's old, <laughs> he's a pit bull, <laughs> and you got all these individuals, but they come together because of one thing. They appreciate one another, and everybody kind of has a similar understanding or past in a sense where some things have happened in their lives. Mm -hmm. Shit wasn't just a bed of roses, and everybody's in a place where they're trying to get in a better place, and they're open enough to say, this is where I want to be. I know it makes me look like I'm soft because I want to be softer. Mm. I, I know I'm not giving the imagery of being tough by saying let's be more loving i know but i'm i'm gonna dare to do that despite the fact that i could be laughed at i'm gonna dare to do that despite the fact that some may try to take my kindness for a weakness because i know that i'm empowered enough that if someone's trying to steal the joy out of the room that i'm able to somehow say you go ahead and take that but We've got an infinite supply, so you go on with that. And we still going to be here. We still going to be here. We still going to be here. You know, there's someone that I have to give a shout-out to. A shout-out, nigga. We're almost 50, but I'm going to call it what it is. That was very instrumental when I first got to Hollywood as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't appreciate it at the time. And his name is Tony Singletary. Mm-hmm. And he was the main director for the Parkers. And I remember that man coming in, and he said, listen, I'm going to always know my shit. I'm going to need y'all to always know your shit, because I got a family, and I'm getting home to them. So don't come in here playing no bullshit with me, because I want to get home to my family. And whenever Tony directed, mm-hmm. 6 o'clock, baby, we was done. And that's the first season. That's, that's, that's 
that's I'm green to it, don't know it, but that brother was like, listen, I got a wife, and I, he had grown children, mm-hmm. but he had a small son. He said, and what I'm going to do is make sure I put my time in with my boy and my woman. I didn't appreciate what he was saying to me at the time because when I first got the Parker's baby, what? It's it's party time. Right. I'm, I'm going to get it. Right. But now when I think about what he was saying to this little girl coming into this big bad forest was don't get swallowed up with this shit, baby, because if you do, you will lose your family. You will lose the people that's important because no one will stick around trying to figure out which way you coming and going. So if anyone knows Tony Singletary, please tell him I love him. And I think he was giving me that because he used to be the main director for The Cosby Show. And he was like, Monique, listen, it was a good time then, but you understand why he's remarried, right. why he has a young child now, and he was trying to pour it into me, but I was just new to it. Which is why we were just saying a second ago, you have to be in your, uh, that place in your life to be able to receive the information sometime that's being given to you, because if you're not in that place, it's as if the information wasn't being given to you. And then you can go back when you get to that place and be like, that's what he was trying to yes. tell me. But based upon what you said, he went through the same thing. Right. To be able to give you the information, which is the reason why they don't let you, unless you've been a drug user. Talk to him. To be able to talk about Come on. getting clean. Say it. If you are a drug user, barring you having about 15 degrees or something like that, at least you studied it. Because it helps when people know that you're coming from a place of this is an experience. And this is why we share the information that we share because we're saying what normally makes us hide, what normally makes us feel embarrassed are the things that we need to share because we find out that is whatever normal is, it's more normal than what they call abnormal. Oh, man. Okay. That's some real Baltimore shit right there. So whoever just said that, they, her man. Right. And her man mean you better say that shit. You better say it. Her man. You better say it. The equivalent of word. Come on. Come on. We're talking (laughs) about it, y'all. Do you live in the house? Now, on a different note, because okay, well, bring because because we normally don't do this, but someone had asked earlier, just in reference to the political election. I mean, Talk the debate last night. Now. Just what we thought, and that's part of a reason you be wondering, like, what's happening in their home? <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> based upon that <laughs> conversation they be having. Oh, the election. Let me tell you, get yourself together, Donald. Now, all this snorting and shit. Now, don't come over here and grab my pussy either. Don't you do it, you pussy grabber. You're a terrible woman. Don't say it, You're terrible. You're nasty, woman. You're nasty. I'll take that, Donald, but you're a pussy grabber. I have done it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that shit to me, we let the kids watch it. They had to watch it. And... They so in tune. When Donald Trump said, they got some bad hombres here, <laughs> our baby Michael turned around and looked like, was that some shit he was supposed to say? Now I understand Michael did not say, was that some shit he was supposed to say? As he so turned I just around went, and looked like. Okay, okay, just because there's people out here that will interpret that like, wow, they be saying that. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but just not around us. <laughs> but But to watch that, And you're like, y'all, for real? This is where we've come? This man has said out of his mouth, I could stand in the middle of the street and kill people, and they'll still vote for me. Y'all, we got to know there's still some people in this here country. When he say, let's make America great again, when was America ever great? But there are some people that feel just like he feel, and when they thought America was great, when was that time? Yeah, great is a big word, Mm. you know, productive maybe from an industrial revolutionary standpoint. Okay, but great. Let's clarify what was great, because, again, there was a time, I believe it was 1929, when the Great Depression took place. And there was, you know, 
white folks that was killing themselves. It was real bad. And yeah. the black people was like, you said the great what? The <laughs> 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 who? Depression shit is really bad. For what? Who? For, For who? who? For who? Because, you know, we were slaves. Right. You see? And then after slaves, re, it was even worse. Come on. Because there was this thing called the peonage period mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't even know about. Whereby, see, back in the day when it was slavery, we could walk down the street and feel a level of comfort that the, the master won't beat us all the way to death because he paid a lot of money for us. Come on. But with the pen in the penis period, you can walk down the street and be told that you owe this man money who you've never seen before. And now you signing documents because they're going to give you a court case. It was just with his brother-in-law. Mm. So after they find you guilty to serve a term that's unknown until this man says you can go, you are signing documents that can essentially say you can be murdered. So when you're coming off of that little stint, talk to him. You kind of be like, well, at what point was it was it great, or what was it that you were talking about? And there's something I was thinking about. What that? When the Ravens football team are having a conversation yes. about ball, who you think they focused on winning? Their team. Who? The Ravens. Okay. When the, the Atlanta Braves mm -hmm. are having a conversation amongst themselves, who you think their interests are in terms of winning? The Atlanta Braves. Okay. When you see the Constitution and who all signed that Constitution. Come on. Come on. Well, last I saw, who was the Constitution written by? These white men. Okay. So I'm in saying. Weeks. Huh? In White men in wigs. Okay, but that's how they kicked it back then. I ain't going to disrespect the aesthetics, you know. That's how they did it, okay? But what happens is, who was that designed to win? So when you see us fast forward, forwarded into a situation where you're having conversations where you see a man who had said that, I grabbed women's and the pussies. That's what he said. He said and the pussies. And the pussies. I was just adding because women's and the, and pussies. the pussies. Come on. And when he did that, you begin to say, well, how come someone's asked, not asking him? Why would you say you did that if you didn't do it? Mm -hmm. And if you are going to lie to Billy Bush, then what will you do to the Americans? that are out here that are trying to support you. Because it was just locker room talk. And by the way, the Don did something that was very honorable. He didn't lie on his dick because he could have said, yeah, I, I, I did it to her. What was her name? Right, he, uh, uh, Odell. Yeah, he uh, could have said, lie and say, I, I did it to Nancy Odell. I tore that ass up. No, he was honorable. He said, no, I tried. I pushed up on her like a bitch. Oh, God. That's what he said? I pushed up on her like a bitch, but she just didn't give me any play. But then you're going to lie about grabbing women in the pussies. You're going to be honorable enough to, to say that you didn't taste it, take the cookie. But then you out here grabbing pussies. And now individuals <laughs> are saying, he grabbed my pussy. And he's saying, I, I would never do that. Now, as we pay attention to this election, Daddy. Kick it. Because Hillary been quoting some lies. Yes. Hillary them God damn it. Listen. Emails. And you want to say, bitch, you're, you're lying. But she done been caught up in some Cut shit. Up. So now you got Hillary Clinton and you got Donald Trump. Those are our choices. Mm. And now they saying, if you don't vote for Hillary and you don't vote for Donald and you vote for the libertarian or you vote for the uh, green lady, then you're really just throwing away your vote. Mm -hmm. So I say... God damn it, we vote Barack Obama for another year. Right, Daddy? Just so we can get somebody else, just to hold him in office so we can rearrange it and ask for some more people to come up to the plate or something like that. That's what we need. Because right now, baby, this country is in trouble, trouble. And, and when you start <laughs> hearing about how much money that's being spent on... Building a new army, a new military, and all that. Billions and billions of dollars. I just asked myself the question. If you're going to spend a trillion dollars, 
in weapons, part where the normal public can see how much, and then the black budget that they don't give you an idea where they have planes that are $1 billion a piece and have a fleet of 21 and it's just those planes. You begin to say, well, you know, you can do a lot Come on. with $21 billion. A lot. And whoever's mad about some shit, you be like, well, listen, as opposed to getting $21 billion together with these weapons to kill your ass, how can we keep this money so we can feed your ass, mm. be friends with you, y'all be friends with us, and we ain't got to even kill one another? What you say? What you, what say? you say? And, Daddy, I got the solution. What is it? They need to get a fat blunt. Just roll, baby, one of them good medicinal purple cushions. Right? Go ahead. And they need to fire that thing up and discuss the world issues. I bet you they'll solve some shit. They will solve some shit. Marijuana is a connection to peace. But don't nobody want to put it together like that. See, our, 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 our Native American brothers and sisters, what they tell a white man? I got a peace pipe. That is. If we smoke this, we can communicate better. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to do that. They, they did bad things to them. Mm-hmm. But marijuana can bring the world together. I'm trying to tell you what I know, baby. And here's okay? the thing. Talk to them. Potentially, because what's the alternative? Pharmaceutical medicine that's made in a laboratory out of synthetics? That the uh, uh, side, side effects. effects are far more extreme and not even worthy of you taking it for the treatment. Not the cure, because it's not designed to cure you. It's designed to treat you. And as Old Rod 45 said, every herb seed bearing seed is good. Say it again. I can't. Every herb bearing seed is good. Come on. Now. Good seeds that bear. It's good. It's good. And it can't be worse than the shit that they they selling you over the counter and that you have to get a prescription for. But again, this is the reason why there's a, a disconnect to the peace within because you are connected to all these mixed matched messages where you shouldn't have something that you, you, they are banning something that grows naturally, something that grows naturally. As a marijuana, like nobody secretly brought this in from some synthetic form and it was here before we were here. But it's okay to take a Tajayo. <laughs> Tajayo. Tajayo. Because that's a, one of the medicines that help you out. It's called Tajayo. And what we say, Tajayo is the shit that. After people take it and it fucks them up, they're going to end up sending the people who made that shit to, to jail. jail, okay? <laughs> because yes. that shit ain't right. It ain't Boy, right. Chantix. Right. It, what's in the name? What's that Shakespeare? Chantix. You're going to take something called Chantix. I'm not mad at you, but at the end of the day, if it's going to make you chant and it's going to make you tick, for a brother like me, I'm scared as shit. Okay. You rhyming, I'm going rhyming. Okay. Yes. yes. So that's our just our that's our word on the side note. Look, that's a new part of the show. On the side note. I like that, Daddy. Okay, Daddy. On the side note, that's new. On the side okay, note. Okay, starting new. the day. On the side note. There yes. Because we talked about it today. We talked about do you live in a home or do you live in a house? And it's something for you to consider. And some of you say. Mo, I listen to this when I work overnight on the job. Mo, I listen to this when I'm washing clothes on Sunday. Mo, I listen to this after I put the kids down. Well, that's what we want you to do. We want you to listen and absorb it and consider it. Just consider it. One thing my daddy always say, he say to me all the time, Mama, I ain't saving nothing. You're just listening. And you're making the choices and decisions as to what to do with that. What decisions and choices will you make? Because the one thing that I appreciate about this show, it ain't no goddamn fluff. It ain't no, what did they mean? You know just what the hell we meant because we're saying what we feel like needs to be said. So if you're one of those sisters or brothers, and you feel like at this moment, where you go is just your house and not your home, do something different. If that's the space you're in right now. If that's the space you're in. If that ain't the space you're in, get your shit and go. Because nobody Mm -hmm. wants your stale ass around there. Well, damn. (laughs) 
That's how you're going to send them out. I'm not going to send them out like that. But okay. really, consider that, my babies. Consider what we're letting our children see. We giving them a house or we giving them a home? I felt good about that. Feel good about feel it. Feel good about it. And listen, for all my babies down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, this weekend, this weekend, we are going to be at the Fort Lauderdale Comedy Improv. Make sure you check that show out, baby. This show is airing Monday. There it is. So make sure y'all go to the Fort Lauderdale Improv. Make sure you go to Amazon.com and download my new comedy special, Monique's Something Different. Tell them. And make sure you tell a friend to go to Play.it and do what? Check out our podcast, Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. We want to thank y'all for joining us today. My name is Monique. And I am Sydney. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.